Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, one and all, to another edition of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. Yes, he is trying to do two things at once. I'm Look multitasking. At you. Look at you. This is episode 67. Seven. Yes. Uh, sorry about the lateness. It's been it's my uh, fault. It is his fault. It was my birthday. Well, it's sort of my fault, too. Of course, you did tell me last minute that you were going to be able to record. Well, because I thought that we could do it when I got back, but then my girlfriend wanted to go out for my birthday. Mm. She, she didn't tell me until right before I told you. So, Well, it's like you told me on what, Wednesday or Thursday that we had to record on like Sunday or Monday. I'm yeah. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> but so, yeah, last minute we were going to, I got my dad on board to record the episode with me. Um but he had to be done by like noon on Sunday, um, and my I was I was defeated by my cell phone because my alarm didn't go off. Oh Jesus! Um, and that's why we couldn't record. And then I was also dealing with something. I still kind of am. Like I, t- I told you, oh your hangover? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, that's what I kind of thought it was. Like uh, this would make day five. Well, see, I I went out. For uh, a going away party for a coworker, and really just tied one on, and um, the next day was pretty much hell for me. So I mean, Saturday morning to late Saturday afternoon was pretty fucking awful. Uh, but then like Saturday night, you know, I started feeling better. Wife and I went to um, the drive-in movie. I was fine. I was exhausted though because I slept on a couch the night before, uh, at a coworker's house, like whose like house I'd never expected to be at, like ever. But it was the guy who was leaving. I ended up at his place, and like I never expected to be there. It was just, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a place I never thought I'd be in my life. <laughs> so it was just it was weird. It was a weird morning. Um, anyway, so I woke up. Uh, yeah, I went home and just tried to sleep it off for the rest of the day. And yeah, then went to the movies with my wife that night. I was feeling more or less fine, just tired because I hadn't really slept and I was still a little hungover. On Sunday morning, I woke up and like seemed like the hangover was mostly gone, except I was like feeling really sick to my stomach and having a hard time breathing. Um, I was reading into it and like apparently those are like signs of like having a really bad hangover, which okay, it's like I'm that's never happened to me before, but I'm getting fucking older. Uh, so, yeah, I dealt with that most of Sunday, and Sunday was just not a good day because I felt like shit all day long. Um, plus, I was pissed off because I couldn't record the episode. Well, pissed off and relieved because I didn't feel well. But, yeah, then Monday, it's like I had to go back to work, and I just kind of dealt with it. But then uh, yesterday, which was Tuesday, um, it just kind of got on top of me because, you know, we went to that we, – we went and saw Floggy Molly uh, and Frank Turner – on Monday night, and that was, I don't know if it was just being in such a hot place for so long. It was pretty clammy in there. Uh, maybe that just took it out of me, but like I woke up on Monday, or on Tuesday morning and I'm just like, nope, <laughs> this is not happening today. So I did a little bit of work from home and just kind of tried to recover because I was just not feeling well. Um, and then again today, I was not, I mean, I'm still not feeling all that great, um, but I'm kind of powering through it 
but I, I'm feeling better though. I think so. Well, that's good. Yeah, I don't know if like what maybe I had alcohol poisoning. I don't know, and I don't. I really don't like the idea of that because it's never happened to me before. Yeah, and it's like I was looking into like the my symptoms, like related to to drinking, and like I was seeing things about being roofied. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Did I get fucking drugged? Was your butthole sore? No. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> but it's like so much. Like I don't. I don't even want to talk about it too much. <laughs> I don't know who listens to this. But yeah, I, and like I'm pretty sure I made a complete asshole out of myself. Well, not asshole, but just ass out of myself that night. Like my God, I. You know, I'm 31 years old, and I was hanging out with you know the guy that was leaving. We were hang, hanging out with him. And this was like kind of like the after party. <laughs> you done? I, my arm's getting tired. <laughs> That's what she said. Hey, oh. Uh, yeah, this is like kind of the after party because we went to this bar restaurant place to celebrate. And then after most people took off, it was me, this guy, and then two other co workers were young guys. Like one's like 26, 27, the other one's like 23 or 24. And it's like, I just, I can't hang anymore. I just can't do it. Yeah. You know, I'm 31 years old and I just, I can't drink like that anymore. Like I was pretty much going drink for drink with these guys. Um, shit. I maybe, maybe even was up on them. I don't really know, but they, they seem pretty sloshed, but you know, in better shape than I was obviously. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm done talking about that, but it was not, <laughs> it was not a good weekend. As much as I wanted it to be. Um, how was your weekend? <laughs> it was good. It was uh, your birthday weekend. It was my birthday weekend. I went camping with uh, with my girlfriend and my dog. We took a couple of... <laughs> my dog. My dog. We took a couple of five-mile hikes. Uh, went, went around the lake. Went up to uh, top of Mount Constitution. I don't know that. It's on Orcas Island. Oh, you went that far out. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was good times. Just, you know... Got away from it all for a little bit. And yeah. Yeah. Pretty sweet. No, no, nothing too exciting. Well, we did see, uh, we saw eight deer. Eight deer. Yeah. We saw three on each of our hikes, and then we there was two that just walked right through our campground. Oh. While you were there. Yeah. I mean, like, present and yeah. around, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> well, that's fun. It was. I would have liked to go camping this summer. Yeah. But My cousin texted me, too, and he wanted to go. But we had already made plans. So. Was this like a like a campground or is it like kind of? Yeah, like, it was a campground. Oh, okay. See, like, you know, when, through my entire childhood, we went to campgrounds. And it was fine. It was fun. Well, I remember it being being fun. My parents said that we were miserable the entire time, but I remember it being fun. <laughs> um, but then you know, once you get a taste of like actually just camping somewhere rural, which isn't like, and it's not like a like a campground with like accommodations like you know bathrooms and showers and stuff yeah it's like once you get a taste for that it's like you don't really want to go back to the old to the old way so it's like i I just it's hard to convince most people to do that like everybody wants to go to just like a normal campground and i just i don't think that's all that fun anymore i agree but i couldn't convince my girlfriend to to just go find a a spot in the woods right pitch a tent (laughs) yeah it's like, I think my, my wife's problem is that she doesn't want to shit in the woods. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want to squat. Sure. 
which is understandable. Nobody wants to do that. But it's like I even offered to like build up like a camping toilet type thing. And just, it's it's a really hard sell. It is. I mean, girls can't, you know, just pee wherever they want like we can. So why? I, I think they can. Well, I mean, it's more difficult. All I have to do is squat. Yeah. And say it was a lot more difficult. Sure. I mean, you know, shitting, that's that's complex. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. But I mean, like, especially if you don't have like the the, the leg muscle strength. Right. And you just fall backwards into your own shit. Yep. Or if you can't get down all the way. And you shit all over your heels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like before, like last time we went camping, it was for your birthday. Um, and like I had to take, take a shit. And of course, like, you know, when you, when you need to take a shit and it's somewhere you don't want to go, it's always like the worst shit. <laughs> it's like this is just fucking greasy, almost diarrhea shit. It's just hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you already got swamp ass and, you know, you're t- trying to take this fucking greasy, gross shit and you're you're trying to squat and you can't. Because, like, back then, this was before I, like, started working out and stuff. So I just, I had, like, no muscle strength whatsoever in my legs. So, like, I had to find a tree to, to like, lean against and take a shit. <laughs> it was not fun. And we got pretty tipsy that weekend, if I recall. Uh, I think most people did. I don't think I did. Because it's hard for me to drink when it's hot out. Because mm. I just get really uncomfortable and feel gross, like, quickly. Like I start already, I start to feel hungover while I'm still still drinking. So, Interesting. I don't think I got all that drunk, but I'm pretty sure everybody else did. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, probably. Anyway, we're gonna do some drinking this weekend. Yeah, I'm trying to build up my constitution <laughs> again. We uh, I got good news and bad news for you guys. Good news, we're doing another drunken cinema live. <laughs> bad news, you can't go. Yeah. <laughs> private party yeah it's my birthday party so we're gonna do a drunken cinema live um but yeah unless you're you've already been invited you you ain't coming yeah <laughs> um yeah hopefully the weather holds out because it's been kind of it's lately. looking like it's going to so that's what they've been saying yeah so i'm hoping for the best yeah i'm definitely trying to get get ready to drink again yeah i gotta, I gotta, I gotta get in a good place again <laughs> Get your mind right. No, we were at Flogging Molly. Um, we were standing by the bar, and my wife's like, you're not going to go to get a drink? I'm like, fuck, no. <laughs> no. No fucking way. Yeah. Um, so what else is new? Uh, not much. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if there's anything. We do want to thank our Patreon patron once again, uh, Mr. Max Seleski, still the one and only. Uh, he, he's lonely. He needs some 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 friends. <laughs> so if you want to join uh, Max, head to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Uh, for uh, a mere dollar, you can get behind the scenes footage, which is what I was recording earlier. And, uh, and for $5, you can get your name on the show just like Max. Yep. <laughs> so um, with... I guess nothing else to say. I mean, unless you have something. Uh, Anything to chat about? Oh, we had a couple stories that we wanted to just talk about. We did? Really, 
Something like stuff that wasn't really going to be news. It's just going to shoot the shit about it for a while. Oh, fucking Rihanna is Marion Crane. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Uh, <laughs> what really gets me is like Freddie Highmore as Norman Bates is great casting yeah. because he looks like a young Anthony Perkins. Mm-hmm. They clearly went the route of following the source material there. Yeah. And then they turn around and they make Marion Crane Rihanna. Right. Of all fucking people, Rihanna. Yeah. Because she was so good in Battleship. <laughs> right. Yeah, everybody was really good in that. <laughs> if you ask Adam Green. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know where the fuck that came from. It's like, you know, Bates Motel is clearly outside of the like official film canon. Because obviously things are going on there that aren't part of the film. Yeah. <laughs> or part of the film's history. Especially since it takes place in the 21st century. Um but Rihanna, I mean, if you're going to cast uh, a black girl as Marion Crane, why Rihanna? Why don't you get somebody that can actually act? Yeah, like the only justification I saw for it was she's a big fan of the show. Yeah. It's so like, fucking what? I'm a big fan of the show. Why didn't you cast me as Marion Crane? <laughs> I could be Marion Crane. Fuck it. Don't tell me I can't be Marion Crane. <laughs> it's 2016. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, so there's that. There's that. This, that's a fucking downturn for the show. I think I'm, that makes me kind of glad that it's its last season. Yeah. Cause if more shit like that was going to occur, then in like another season, it wouldn't be worth watching. Um, <clears throat> Oh, and fat Winers is apparently a sequel. Fat Winers. Flatliners. Oh, right, right. I, I, thought we were still talking about that are we not no i think i replaced that oh right yeah okay um yeah we talked about it last episode uh Kiefer sutherland was being cast and ellen page is in it which is not good anyway <laughs> yeah it's, it's not a remake it's a sequel and he plays the same character but with a new name <laughs> so that's something that's happening Yep, this is our world. <laughs> this is the world we live in, folks. Oh, man, why why do they do these things <laughs> to us? Anyway, okay, let's do horror business. Okay, starting out with real world horror. Um, oh, wait, I got something to say before you started. Okay, uh, we had two different real world horror stories that we were debating, and so we we took it to Twitter and we put a poll out and said, "Would you rather hear the scary version or the funny version?" And I think it was sixty eight percent of people said the scary version. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're going to hear now. If you want to see the funny version, I put up a well, blog there, post. There are, there are versions. There's, there's a there's a serious story. There's serious slash yes, scary story. Sorry and. It's not the same story with different. <laughs> it's not like we put a funny spin <laughs> on this. <laughs> we put like sound effects in it. <laughs> Whoop! <laughs> um, no, if you want to read the funny story, head over to <laughs> graveplotpodcast.com, click blog. It's it's right there. Funny version. We made this tragedy into a real gasser. <laughs> uh, but no. Um, <clears throat> so this is kind of similar to something that happened here um, earlier this year. Um, and it was going to be kind of funny. Well, ironic. No, this is not the funny one. Yeah, ironic <laughs> funny. I mean, um, 
that my dad was going to be recording this episode because we talked about the thing that happened here last time he was on. Um, but in green, uh, uh, a body was found in a tote bag in the Green River in Barron County, Kentucky. Um, the body was identified as 22-year-old Kristen Edwards. And um, a fisherman named George Bruton found the bag. Um, I guess he was, he's out fishing. Thought originally that it was just some big-ass fucking fish. Some big, some fucking, big fucking fish. Um, pulled up the bag and then uh, looked into it and saw a hand. So um, this poor girl was just dismembered. Put into a bag and then Stuff thrown, in a fucking gym bag. Yeah, and then thrown into a river. Why? There's some sick fucking people in this world. There are. I don't like them. <laughs> You're not for them. <laughs> I am against it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like straight like mafia shit. Dismembering somebody and throwing them in a river. Yeah. That's. You sleep with the fishes? Yeah, it's disturbing that things like this still happen. That somebody can, like, go through that amount of, not preparation, but um, work, I guess, and still get away with it. Yeah, they still haven't caught this person. Yeah, I mean, it's under investigation. Um, they haven't discussed any possible suspects yet, but um, and, there's, and they haven't said anything that there's any potential motive. But um, anybody that happens to have any information is asked to call the Kentucky state police in uh, Bowling Green. And yeah, you think this fisherman was actually playing Pokemon go and he just doesn't want to admit it. Maybe. <laughs> Cause that's how you find dead bodies. Right. And it, yeah. We've discovered that lately. Um, although they like completely eliminated the tracking system in that. So it's kind of hard to track dead bodies now. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you go looking for that rare Pokemon, and it's just you can't find it anymore because there are no footprints. And if you didn't play, you don't know what that means. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. There's like a little, like a little window that you could open up, and it would have like one, two, or three footprints for the Pokemon that were nearby, and it would kind of give you some indication, approximately how close they were. Um, but they took the footprints away. So now you got this window full of Pokemon that are nearby, but you have exactly no idea. Why did they get rid of it? Uh, because it was glitchy as fuck, and instead of fixing it, they just took it out. Oh, okay. And there were like all these third-party things popping up that would hack. They would like get into uh, their API, and they would start setting up like like Google Maps of exactly where each Pokemon was. It's like I started using it because there were Pokemon that I kept wanting to catch but like they had a glitch in the in the footprint system that every single one of them had three footprints and it would never change oh yeah that's a problem yeah so like a lot of people started going to these third party things to tell them exactly where these pokemon were and yeah and now they blocked those all those third party sites out like they blocked them out and took away their own tracking systems and now the game's just like not even worth playing um, have you seen that there is now a line of Pokemon uh, themed dildos? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this on uh, At Midnight and uh, there's there's a butt plug that makes it look like you have a Pikachu tail. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because Chris Hardwick, like he's telling the story and then he just starts like laughing right in the middle of it. And he goes, <laughs> I just remember there's a Pokemon called Squirtle. <laughs> <clears throat> That's fucking gross. Yeah. Like the... Like they have uh, those butt plugs that have like uh, like raccoon tails on them and shit, or like you never seen those? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm the gross one, right? <laughs> I don't do a lot of uh, searching for butt plugs. You don't have to search for them; they just they come to you. It's the it's inter- in your relevant ads on Google. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you may like. It's the internet, man. You find things that you don't want to find. <laughs> By the way, never go to whitehouse.com. Truth. Or Google. Oh, or, <laughs> or do, I mean. <laughs> Maybe you're into that. I don't yeah. know. I'm not a cop. <laughs> I'm not going to tell nobody. Um, yeah, so that story. Uh, our condolences to Kristen Edwards' family and friends. Uh Sorry for talking about butt plugs in the middle of the story. Right. And I hope that this sick fuck, whoever he or she is, is caught and brought to justice. Absolutely. I mean, that's... I mean, it's hard to, like, uh, say that one murder is worse than another. But, I mean, like, if you kill somebody and then dismember them, that's fucked up. Yeah, you got issues. So, I mean, like, this... People that do this kind of shit are, like, sicker than people that just kill in cold blood. Yeah. It's, uh, it's no good. Alright, so a bunch of genre sites want to make this out like it was this amazing secret, but I think most of us fucking knew that, about this already. I, We talked about it, apparently, but I didn't remember, so I had no idea. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, the Woods, which is a movie by Simon Barrett, written by Simon Barrett, and directed by Adam Wingard, uh, turns out was revealed at San Diego Comic-Con is actually the new Blair Witch sequel just hey. titled Blair Witch. Uh, this was originally reported back in April by Bloody Disgusting, and we talked about it on the show, uh, despite what Tony says. I I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Returning to its found footage format, Blair Witch will pick up where the first movie's mythology left off. Book of Shadows is out. Right. No more Book of Shadows. Uh, Thank God. (laughs) Uh, The story follows the brother of one of the characters in the first film who embarks on a quest to find out what happened to his sister. Right. So, I mean, this sounds... Pretty much like the original. Pretty similar, yeah. I mean, but it's not a remake. Right. But, I mean, like, you watch the trailer and it looks the same. But better. Because Adam Wingard. But is it better, though? Because we, yes. we know for we know that this is fake now. The, uh, the marketing is not going to be as good, clearly. Right. But Adam Wingard. Okay, I get that you want to blow Adam Wingard. Adam Wingard is amazing. I get it. But what I'm saying is that it's just not going to have the 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 hype that the original had. No, and, it's definitely not. And the fact that it's practically an identical story. I mean, 
But it's still, it debuted at San Diego Comic-Con, and the people that have seen it are fucking raving about it. They're saying it's like the scariest movie in decades. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> we will be the judge of that when it comes out in September. Right. Because we're going to watch it. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm going to... No, I'm not seeing that with my dad. Go to see uh, Don't Breathe. Oh, yeah. That's going to be good, too. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, Is it, it looks same good. episode? No. No. They're subsequent episodes. Got it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like... Have you gone back and watched The Blair Witch? No, I plan to before this comes out, though. I tried to, I don't know, maybe a year ago. Um, like, I remember, like, loving it when I was a kid. Like, when it... 97 it came out I think that was that long ago I think so um, and uh, I remember thinking it was awesome see with me I saw the Blair Witch late okay so I missed the hype train uh. so by the time I saw it I already knew it was fake I knew that you know everything about it already um, so I didn't it just didn't have that strong of an appeal for me okay well fair enough but I mean for those of us that saw it in the theater and the way it was presented, it was very similar to how Paranormal Activity was when it came out. You know, no credits. Um, very, like, like strictly, like, found footage. Back before found footage was a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when, when, you, when it was done, it's like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. And, you know, this was before there wasn't, like, a, the inter- the internet wasn't the internet yet. I mean, there there was the World Wide Web, but there was, like, the, it wasn't how it is now. Right. You didn't have, like, IMDb or Wikipedia or anything like that. Basically, when you signed on, it went, Exactly. <laughs> Unless you were one of the rich kids that had DSL. <laughs> oh, I thought this was, like, pre-DSL even. I don't think so. I think the ESL was around. When you had to get like a disc of AOL. Right. And you got like the 70 free hours of AOL. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, they there was like one website for Blair Witch, which was set up by the makers of it. The Blair Witch Project dot Angelfire dot com. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, over the years when that. When the truth started to come out, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, they started doing, MTV started doing interviews with the kids in the movie, you know, it's just like, okay, well, that was cool while it lasted. So that's, that's the thing. If you watch the Blair Witch Project, fully aware that everything in it is fake, it's not a really a great movie. No. The, I, the, the marketing of it and the, the concept is fucking genius. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take anything away from that, but the movie itself, once you know everything about it, is it's not great. Right. Yeah. It's not terrible. Yeah. But it's just, it's not great. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to it. Yeah. I mean, like the imagery is pretty, like we said, when you take into, when you know, and you take into consideration that it's all fake, the, the things that are going on are very frankly kind of boring. Yeah. Um, for something that presents itself as real, it's pretty terrifying. Right. So I just, um, I mean, I'm not doubting Blair Witch yet. Um, See, I'm a little less excited now because yeah. I like, I'm a huge fan of Barrett and Wingard. If that hasn't been made painfully obvious by now. Oh, it has. Don't. 
Everybody knows. But so I like I always love everything they do that's theirs, that's original. So seeing them take on another franchise, I'm I'm skeptical, I guess. Well, um, I think what I was reading about this is it actually was supposed to be original film, and it was like um, whoever, whatever studio came and said, "Hey, why don't you make this new Blair Witch oh, movie?" No, that makes me even less excited. <laughs> yeah, because that's what they did with the fucking Exorcist. <laughs> it's exactly. So, I don't know. I mean, it it does look it looks interesting. Um, I do want Wingard to direct the new Halloween, though, so I guess I'm a bit of a hypocrite. Yep. Um, anyway, I don't know. I, I'm still going to see it. I'm still I'm still excited. Like I said, I'm less excited, but I'm still excited because I do love Barrett and Wingard. Uh, by the way, what do you think of the guest? I was pretty good. Yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, I I, I was expecting more of a horror and like not so. Oh much no, it's not. It's not. More, yeah, it's more of an action movie. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, there, there were some things in it that like didn't quite line up for me. Uh, it just seemed out of place. Maybe just poorly planned on the production side, but um, I think I was texting you about some of them. I don't remember exactly what they were now, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, overall, it's pretty good. I want to go back and watch um, A Horrible Way to Die, which is like their first movie. Never heard of it. I don't really know that much about it. I watched the trailer, and I know that A.J. Bowen, who I also love, is he plays like a uh, serial killer, and it's supposedly like really in-depth into his like mind. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, could be cool. <laughs> Anything else to add? Uh, no. All right. Well, there's been a lot of hype and talk for God, what like last two years, pretty much, um, about Beetlejuice two. Um, Beetlejuicer. Yeah, we've heard about the. Uh, I think probably the most talkative person's been Winona Ryder. I think, right? Mm, I don't know about that. They've all been kind of even. I think. Chatty Cathy's. Um, well. I don't know if I'd, I would say that. No, but. no, not really at all. That's why I think that's probably why it's been so uh, up in the air. But you know, we've heard from um, Winona Ryder. We've heard from Tim Burton. Um, Tim Burton keeps saying, "Yeah, I'd like to, but I probably won't." Right? Yeah, he's he's like Sam Raimi, like that. He likes to fucking blow smoke up people's asses. Well, except he's not saying it will happen. He just keeps saying, "I'd like to do it." If if it happens, it happens, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, he, he says, and like I totally agree with him, it's not a movie that really screams out for a sequel. No, it's not. It's really... That's why it's been 25 years and there hasn't been one. Yeah, I mean, there's no real purpose for it. If you want a sequel, it's not necessarily canon, I guess, but watch the fucking cartoon series. I imagine that's probably what you'd get out of a sequel. Yeah, pretty much. Um, But... Um, now we're hearing it directly from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Beetlejuice himself, uh, Michael Keaton, was talking about it, and he pretty much said it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, we're getting your fucking hopes up. Um, 
if, uh, who was interviewing him? Um, uh, some fucking guy. Some fucking motherfucker was yeah interviewing Michael Keaton, and uh, when he was asked if there's been any progress about on the development, he said no. There's like zero has been done. Um, let's see, uh, what was the quote? He said, uh, you always hear things this there, that this is happening and people seem to know about it more, know more about it than I do. It's possible that ship has sailed. Then um, he honks his dick. <laughs> nice fucking model. <laughs> um, but you know, he says the only way to do it is to do it right. And that's, I mean, Yeah. Because uh, so much of it was like he's, I mean, I'll kind of paraphrase what he's saying here, is that so much of it was uh, improvised. It was pretty off script. Uh, a lot of funny people all working together to just make this original film. And to try and force that again, you're just going to come up with a substandard piece of work. I mean... And that's not what you want from somebody that from a from a character in a in a story that everybody loves so much. Um, and you know, Tim Burton, I don't think he would be willing to do it right. He has not put out some very good things lately. This is true. <laughs> um, he hasn't put out a lot of original stuff though. He's been putting out you know Alice in Wonderland and shit. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah, like I don't know why they made a sequel. I'm. I really don't like that that's Alan Rickman's last movie. Is it? Pretty sure. Oh. Um, but, I mean, yeah. The first one, was, I haven't seen the second one, but the first one, or is the second one even out yet? Yeah, I think so. Or has it been out? I don't know. I don't keep track. But the first one wasn't good, so I had no interest I didn't, in the Yeah, one. I didn't care for it. Um, And then, you know, Sweeney Todd was okay. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're into musicals, but, um, what else? Dark shadows. That was awful. Yeah. That was just bad. Like they tried to take a, you know, it's, it's kind of a cornball soap opera. I mean, you, ha- you can't really take it all that seriously anyway, but they purposely made it comedy and that just like totally missed the mark. It just wasn't good. Yeah, I agree. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's done a lot of like uh, animated things, and those are just kind of meh. So I don't know. I mean, it's not that I dislike Tim Burton. It's just that he hasn't really put anything out lately that I actually want to see. Yeah, I mean, all his best stuff kind of came out in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Beetlejuice, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, fucking Batman. Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. There you go. That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) End on that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Winona Ryder said, I don't really know what's going on with that. So. (laughs) Thank you, Winona. (laughs) (laughs) How good was she in Stranger Things, though? (laughs) She's pretty good. Can we talk about Stranger Things for a while? We can talk about Stranger Stranger Things. Stranger Things is so fucking good. It's freaking good. Um it's it's got so much 80s it's one soul. of the only things that is hyped up this much that i fucking love yeah it's it's pretty fucking good i i i love that it it's not it doesn't just take place in the 80s it's got 80s film soul to it yeah 
Like it, it, it legit feels like something that was made in the eighties. I mean, you can read my write up on greatfloppodcast.com. Uh, but it's like all the classic eighties tropes are there mm-hmm. and yet it doesn't feel derivative. But like you've got these bullies who are pulling switchblades on them, like these twelve-year-old fucking kids yeah. carrying switchblades and telling them to jump off cliffs because they're right. nerds. And it's like no one is like that, <laughs> except for fucking Ace in Stand by Me. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking fucking Ace. Um, but you know this this had a lot of that those elements. Like I mean, yeah, you've got like these four elementary school kids outrunning a fleet of government vans on their huffies. Right. <laughs> uh, like, that is so 80s and so amazing. And you know, it's, like, it's just the little things that they just get. Yeah, I mean, it was like, you, you got all those the, the feel from, like, Monster Squad and Goonies mm-hmm. and E.T., um, especially E.T., I thought. Yeah, Gremlins. Gremlins, sure. Um, just all that. 80s kids movies like even even uh stand by me even though that yeah. took place in the 50s or 60s or whatever um it it had that 80s soul to it like i said but and th- that this totally captured that perfectly mm-hmm. um and the guys names are the duffer brothers <laughs> that's great right <laughs> um what were some things you didn't like about it what, were, what would you have changed um it took me far too long to realize that Eleven was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the girl, she's a great actress. I mean, I won't take that away from her, but like, I saw pictures of her with long hair, and she still kind of looked like a little boy. Her name is Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> but, um, I mean, that's, this is something that like, I think probably everybody that's talked about it just mentioned is how amazing these kids are. Like, I don't, I think it's been few times before I've seen such great child, child actors. Yeah. And the, uh, the one kid, the kid that plays Mike, uh, Finn Whitlock, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, he's an it. Mm-hmm. So I'm Which is fucking stoked for that now. He's playing beep, beep, Richie. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, my main complaint about it is Matthew Modine's in it and like, <laughs> So was like nobody else available. Like everybody else was busy. You don't like Matthew Modine that I don't like Matthew Modine. I think think he's kind of a tool. And I I don't really know why. I just do. I didn't have a problem with him. I mean, it's like I wasn't just sitting there like stewing about it. Like fucking Matthew Modine. (laughs) Fuck that guy. But it's just like every time he's on screen, I was just like, eh. Turned it off. You know, I'd, I'd love this way more if this was like, I don't know, like Malcolm McDowell or somebody. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you didn't like Malcolm McDowell either. I like Malcolm McDowell. Oh. I, I, he's, You've he, talked about how he's in the fuck it stage of his career. Yeah, he definitely is. I have no, which is why I think he would have been in this if somebody had asked him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, who, was, who was that the other day I was saying was in the fuck it stage? Um, uh, Obama. No, but yes, uh, but yes. <laughs> but By the way, I love fucking Obama. She's the best. <laughs> I wish we had it. Would have had eight years of fucking Obama. <laughs> um. No, oh, Robert England. That's who it was. Oh yeah, 
he's definitely like he seems like he'll just kind of be in everything, which is fine. I mean, more power to you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, so yeah, Stranger Things on Netflix. Definitely check that out. Got got picked up for a second season, which is good. Is, uh, it, is that official? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. Um, I know I'm not sure where they go with it though. I don't know. I, I personally, I like to see it kind of be like an anthology. I don't need mm. them to necessarily follow the story again. Interesting, but um, or maybe maybe the the upside down could be like the connecting thing, but different stories about it. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that as well. Um, I do feel that they left just enough open to continue this story. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point it's not really much of a secret that it was definitely left on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, didn't really not that it didn't make sense but it's just like wait what <laughs> yeah um there's a, a couple too a couple things where you're just like no i need more right anyway so yeah stranger things starring winona Ryder, who is not going to be in beetlejuice 2 probably bringing it back around right yeah i mean because it's, it's not gonna happen it's just kind of a bummer this is something that you kind of like always you know uh, yeah maybe beetlejuice 2 could be good it's kind of bittersweet, I guess. It's yeah. like okay, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna screw it up. I'm really not heartbroken over it. No, me neither. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not crying over it. Like Burton said, it's 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 not a movie that needs a sequel. Yeah, and the, the story was told. There's really not much, you know. It's what are you gonna do? Have Beetlejuice haunt a new family? It's the same shit. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's exactly. You're just gonna There's nowhere to go. Thing. And it's like uh, unless they go to Hawaii. <laughs> God help us. It's, it's kind of like, you know, Pee-wee's Big Adventure and then Big Top Pee-wee. It didn't need it. No. It's like, we get it. We know Pee-wee. We don't need him to be in a circus. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Beetlejuice in Space comes out. <laughs> 2018. Probably. So, uh, we all probably should have seen this coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was written in the in the stars, like, years ago. Uh, they're remaking Pumpkinhead. Uh, Entertainment Weekly reports that Saw uh, franchise executive producer Peter Block has acquired the rights to the series and intends on shooting a reboot sometime next year. Reboot? How did I say that? I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to let it slide. I I shouldn't have, but... Um, Blockhead says, Pumpkinhead is one... Blockhead? I combined Block and Pumpkinhead. Got it. (laughs) Uh, Pumpkinhead is one of my favorite horror films of the late 80s and early 90s. Stan Winston sits on that Mount Rushmore of iconic filmmakers because of his creature designs, and that was his first directing effort. The creature is great, but the emotional story is wonderful as well. I got the rights to Pumpkinhead and hooked up with a great young writer named Nate Atkins, and we developed our script, which is really solid. It's, it's really, really okay. So I took Pumpkinhead, and now I'm making it into my bitch. <laughs> of course, I mean, pretty much all of the Pumpkinhead movies were bad, except for the first one. Yeah, I mean... So, I mean, it can't get any worse, I guess, but I don't know why they're 
doing this. I mean, like like I said, I mean, this is something that we sh- we anybody could see coming. Like from the minute they remade Friday the 13th and then Nightmare on Elm Street, like we knew this was coming. Yeah. They're just going to take all of the iconic horror I- iconic horror icons. <laughs> I was in trouble two words into that. <laughs> um and they were going to redo it eventually as soon as they redid everything else. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there was no stopping this. It was it was just going to happen. This uh, Nate Atkins character, he wrote the sequel to Donnie Darko. Of course, I am of this very small club that didn't like the original Donnie Darko. Oh, yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, he also wrote Deadly Descent, the Abominable Snowman. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> um... Peter Block, I looked at some of his work. I mean, aside from the Saw movies, he did he he produced some some good things. I, I can't remember specifics, but some of them looked. Or I, I remember seeing some things that were favorable. Some of them were really solid. Yeah, <laughs> really solid flicks. Um, yeah, he, he apparently doesn't have an IMDb. Yeah, he does. Peter Block, right? There he is. He didn't come up the first time. What a jackass. Uh, Crank. I like Crank. (laughs) Uh, Wait, he's actually producing a movie called The Mexorcist? I didn't see that. (laughs) A retired exorcist is forced back into business when his brother is murdered by Mexican gangsters. Wow. How do those things have anything to do with each other? Uh, He EP'd Holliston. Yeah, look, yeah, and uh, in Frozen, I think. House at the end of the street. Uh, yeah, Frozen, the Ward. Um, fucking Rambo. <laughs> and that's go. what got me. That thing was so plastered with with uh, CGI. Rambo. Yeah, like there was a lot of CGI, um, like blood and stuff, which was disappointing. For, oh right, that's the new one. Yeah. Um, I was thinking First Blood. No. Um, is, that, is that Rambo? <laughs> yeah. It's not the first time you've modeled your life after John Rambo. <laughs> That's First first Blood. Yeah. Um, no, I made that up. <laughs> but he uh, he's talking about how he's a big proponent of um, practical effects. And it's like Rambo had a lot of CGI in it. So he can't be that big of a proponent. Uh, yeah. I mean, he says that was the great thing about the original. A lot of the films I still respond to most today, it's because of the practical effects. Yeah, you know why? Because the director was a practical effects guy. He made them. Yeah. That's why The Walking Dead's so good. Because fucking Nick Otero's running shit. Except for the fucking CGI blood. Well, you know, it's a TV show. Nico, stop with the fucking CGI... Stop with the CGI blood. It's going to be hard to, you know, if you have to take multiple takes of big crowds of zombies with squibs popping in their heads. Blah. Suck it up. It takes a lot of time. To, you got to pay union <laughs> to, to reset all those squibs. Anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, if he's doing practical effects, as long as he doesn't fuck with the look of Pumpkinhead too much, 
Um, he says he wants everyone to be able to look at it and say, oh, that's Pumpkinhead. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. If he doesn't fuck with how Pumpkinhead looks, then, you know, whatever. I'm not... I don't have this connection with Pumpkinhead like I do, like, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, where those are special to me. Yeah. Um, but it's like at the same time, it's a classic. I don't want him to fuck with it too much. And plus, Stan Winston is a hero of mine. So. I mean, it's like it's Pumpkinhead. It's that's what he looks like. It's like it would be like making fucking uh, xenomorphs look different in a new Alien. It's like no, right? That's what they look like. It'd be like having Jason without the fucking hockey mask, or like having uh, Freddy look like some kind of burned alien, <laughs> like a clitoris in a hat. <laughs> Um, yeah, he says he doesn't want it to be an, quote, amorphous, nebulous, CGI, wispy thing. But here's what gives me pause. He says, you're going to know it came from the Pumpkinhead family lineage. I don't want it to come from the Pumpkinhead family lineage. I want it to be fucking Pumpkinhead. Yeah, it has to be Pumpkinhead because there's not a Pumpkinhead family. There is Pumpkinhead. There's Pumpkinhead, yeah. <laughs> there is one Pumpkinhead I like how they made that one sequel called Blood Wings. Because everybody knows what Blood Wings are. <laughs> Taylor doesn't know what Blood Wings I, are. Is it a period thing? Yep. <laughs> when you, it's, it's like Red Wings. It's the same thing. Detroit? Mm. <laughs> when you go down on a girl while she's on her period and you get it up the sides of your face. <laughs> I don't do that. Blood Wings. I don't do that. No. Most people don't. <laughs> but there are some sick fucks in this world. Yeah. So, blood wings. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Just, you, you know, he's saying that there's going to be practical effects and, like, not a lot of CGI. I have this very strong suspicion that the close-ups will be, like, practical animatronics and then when you see like a full body of pumpkin head like moving or something it's gonna be cgi no it needs to be a fucking either a person in a suit or a puppet yeah i agree with you but i don't think do you remember the first time you saw kermit like full body yes fucking freak me the fuck out man (laughs) okay i was like what why how (laughs) i think he didn't do that but Okay, when he's riding the bike, what? <laughs> How is he riding a bike? <laughs> uh, moving right along. So it's very possible that they've already revealed the new theme for American Horror Story, and I honestly can't say I care. <laughs> um, it's looking like it's going to be very like um, like uh, early settler, like Puritan pilgrim type stuff. Buckle hats. Yeah. Buckle uh, shoes. Uh, puffy shirts. Right. Uh, I guess I haven't. Have you seen these teasers? I haven't actually looked. At I haven't watched them. the teasers. I've seen the uh, the set photos from TMZ. Yeah, I mean, okay. Uh, apparently, there was a 
a tree that was seen, um, and it has the word um, Croatoan etched into it, which, you know, anybody that knows the story of Roanoke knows what Croatoan is. Um, Pretend I don't. Okay. Well, basically, back in the what, late, would this be 16th century? Um, it was uh, 1587, I believe. So, 16th century. No. Yeah, 16th. Um, there was uh, some settlers in what is now Virginia. North Carolina. North Carolina, that's what I said. Um, but yeah, they lived in uh, a settlement called Roanoke. Um, there was, was uh, 100 and, 118 um, colonists there. And, and they peed wherever they wanted. Because <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> right. I get it. Because they had so many transsexuals. They were like, back fuck then. you, McCrory. <laughs> and it went down in history, and now he's looking back on it. Um, crying himself to sleep. He's just crying and crying. Just crying and crying. It's so sad. <laughs> but uh, no, there was a settlement of 118 colonists um, who just up and disappeared one day. Like, I believe there was supposed to be another. Um, another group of settlers that were supposed to come there or something to that effect and nobody was there and the only evidence that anybody was even there at all um, was the word Croatoan etched into the tree or into I, a tree. I believe it was actually a uh, fence post. That's what I read recently. I was always told it was a tree but whatever. Um... Now, apparently Croatoan was the name of an island, which was south of Roanoke. It's now called uh, Hatteras, or Hatteras. Hatteras. Yep. Um, now, that was the home of a uh, Native American tribe named the Croatoan tribe. Right. Um, and the belief is that they, like, assimilated with them. Right. There, There's... It's, there's some suspicion that they yeah they moved to the Croatoan island um, and yeah like kind of basically merged with their way of life and kind of phased out um, or that they were attacked and basically rubbed out of existence the thing is like all their houses were like taken down yeah the, like I said the, the entire settlement was completely dismantled you would think if they were murdered like they would the houses would be like burnt to the ground or something. One would think. And so, I mean, there, because it's so, there's no real solid explanation. I mean, several hundred years later, you know, people are still guessing about what happened. Yeah. Um, so Murphy's going to make it supernatural. Right. Uh, and he's insisting on torturing us with Lady Gaga for another season. Oh, so. fuck. That's right. Um, I just, after Hotel, I just don't care anymore. I actually haven't cared for a while. I still have not seen a single episode of Hotel. I still haven't seen the end of Freak Show. I didn't watch the end of Freak Show. I didn't watch the end of Hotel either. I haven't seen the end of Coven. I watched... that. Coven was the last one I liked. I know that was largely unliked by a lot of people, particularly like feminists. Um, but that's all right, because I'm not a feminist. Um <laughs> Uh, I, but I, I liked Coven. 
but like I said, that was the last one I liked. I haven't liked any since. Freak Show started out interesting. I liked Freak Show in the beginning, and then it just petered out. And like once it started focusing on what was a little rich shithead's name, Chauncey, Spanky, or, or Spanky, something. <laughs> once it started focusing on him, I was like, I don't care. I don't like this guy. This guy fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, it's a shitty character. I don't care. Yeah. And then, like, Hotel... The best character was Twisty, and you fucking killed him off in, like, the third episode. Yeah. Um, then Hotel was... Started out... Again, started out strong. I mean, they've got a pretty solid core of actors that are in, like, every season. But you know what? You replaced Jessica Lang with Lady Gaga. And that's not good. That's a downgrade. Because she is awful. She is, let me say that again, she is awful. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people, mainly like who are already fans. I don't think anybody that wasn't already a fan of hers actually liked her performance. Mm. Um, but she is just terrible. <laughs> um, and like, I know that Ryan Murphy, he is, I mean, he, he's a gay man. And he's always incorporated the kind of um, LGBTQ culture into the show in some respect. Yeah. He's really, it seems like he amps it up every season. And it's um, to a point where I feel like it's detracting from the show. It's it's like it's it's being forced in. Mm. And like, I'm trying to tread lightly because I don't want to be offensive. Um, I mean, like season one, you had um, Zachary Quinto and I, I don't know the other actor's name, but the the gay couple, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, it was fine. It was, it and there was, was definitely like representations of like bondage and BDSM. True. Um, but I feel like I mean, like the fact that they were a gay couple, it wasn't like a major plot point that they were gay. They could have no. been a straight couple, and it wouldn't have changed anything. Sure. Um, and like I, I feel like Ryan Murphy's trying to be Clive Barker. And he's just not Clive Barker. You're not going to be Clive Barker guy. You made Glee, so fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Clive Barker created one of the most iconic horror. I, 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 I did it again. <laughs> How did I do that twice? But he he, he created fucking Pinhead and the Cenobite, Cenobites. Um, he made the the Hellraiser. Have you seen lore. the new Cenobites? Yeah. They don't look like Cenobites. I think that was the idea. Why? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, um, but, yeah, like, Ryan Murphy, you're not Clive Barker, so stop trying to be. And that's, like, I, f- I feel like he's trying to incorporate more of that just weird sexual fetish shit into each season. Um, and, like, this... Uh, Sex, sexual fluidity thing that just doesn't exist in real life. I mean, with some people it does, but I mean, they're that's already coded into their DNA. I, I don't know. I'm, well, I don't know how he's going to work that into something colonial. Right. And I, I don't either, but I still don't like Lady Gaga, and that's what it boils down to. <laughs> yeah, there, I... I I haven't read about a lot of uh, 
gay and lesbian pilgrims? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, granted, there probably were some. Sure. Because um, gay people didn't just pop up one day. Yeah. I'm sure they were much more closeted. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But that Puritan lifestyle surely did not accommodate right. homosexuality. So it'll be interesting to see if that does come up this season. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, it's Ryan Murphy, so it's bound to. He's going to fit it in somehow. <laughs> um, yeah, stop being trying to be Clive Barker, bro. <laughs> it's not your thing. Go make Glee. <laughs> stop making... He needs, to, he needs to give American Horror Story to someone else. It was a novel idea that he created, and he deserves that credit, but he is not good enough to run the show. What about Scream Queens? I don't care about Scream Queens. I didn't finish Scream Queens either. Me neither. It's not because... Well, it, it almost, is because I lost interest. It almost seems like Murphy doesn't have the uh, um, attention span to make an entertaining season. Yeah. Or maybe I just don't have the attention span to watch it. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But I mean, I watch other things, entire seasons. And like, these are only 13 episodes long. Yeah. I think 13. Um, so I don't know why. I mean, aside from the fact that it just gets too fucking boring and long-winded, I can't think of another reason why I don't watch it. Especially for an anthology. Like, if you're doing an anthology, you, it should be easy to... You know, you only have to do one season. You don't have to keep it going every season to make it exciting. You, yeah. you only have to do this many episodes. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm done with American Horror Story, honestly. I probably won't even try to watch this one. Yeah. Like I said, I still haven't watched any, any of Hotel, so. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. Yeah. So, Dark Horse Comics is creating a new uh, horror comic line based on the music of Slayer. 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 I hate people to do that. It's not gay if you yell Slayer right after. <laughs> That's a Brian Posehn joke. <laughs> uh, with full participation from the band and taking inspiration from Slayer's videos Repentless and You Against You, uh, the comic is called Repentless. And it's written by John Schnepp, who was a writer on Metalocalypse, which is pretty cool. It's yeah, pretty cool. Um, it's got interior art by Guyu Villanova. <laughs> Good luck with that one. G-U-I-U. Guyu? 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 Let's just go with that. Uh, <laughs> apparently did art for Twilight Zone, Conan the Adventure, and Weird Detective. Uh, it's going to have a cover by Glenn Fabry. You know, I, I don't know Villanova, at least by name or by what by his resume. Um, but Glenn Fabry, man, his art is wild. Like if you th if you think of a preacher cover, that's that's him. Yeah, like he he's got a very distinct style. Um, he did uh, he did preacher what else he did a lot of Hellbla hellblazer you know uh, Constantine yeah really like very 
realistic look to it. Like Judge not, Dredd, too. Yeah, well, yeah, Judge Dredd, which I'm less familiar with. I mean, I, I know Judge Dredd, but... Um, but only because you're a big Keith Urban fan. Yes. What? Oh, wait, yes. Keith Urban, right. <laughs> Gotta love that Bones, though. What? Star Trek? Bones? Jack McCoy? That's Keith Urban? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Keep up. <laughs> uh, it's also going to have a variant cover by Eric Powell, who did art for The Goon and Hillbilly. I don't know that bitch. I don't either. Uh, John Schnepp told Rolling Stone that it's definitely a lot of sensitive subjects that need to be explored and addressed. What's the best way to explore those? With the chaos of metal. Metal. Metal! Yeah, I mean, what better band to sponsor a metal horror comic than fucking Slayer? I mean, really? Well, yeah. He doesn't really go into what these, like, issues that need to be tackled are, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, um, just, I'm gonna take him at his word. He describes it as a road journey, like a road movie of horror uh, that goes across many states. He says it isn't a mystical or supernatural story. It's a straight up human story of terror, like brother against brother, people feeding off hatred, the stupidity and horror of humanity. I could dig that. I think that wasn't that part of uh, Trump's speech at the Republican National Convention. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Uh, Kerry King told Rolling Stone that uh, I think of the songs I write as stories, and if nothing else, they are certainly visual. Sure. No, they're not. They're audio. They're songs. You can't see songs, Carrie. Some people can. People that have that weird brain dysfunction where they hear or where they see sound. Or if they're on ecstasy. Sure. That. I can hear purple. <laughs> Remember the first time I ever heard somebody talking about being high? I think they were just talking about weed. So, I mean, clearly it was like one of their first times too. <laughs> but, um, they, uh, yeah, we're talking about smoking and listening to music and like saying they could see the music in the air. I'm like, whoa, dude, that's intense. No, you fucking can't. <laughs> And then, yeah, I was so inspired by that that, like, I never smoked weed in my life. Because <laughs> I live above the influence. <laughs> Aren't you talking about how you had a five-day hangover earlier? Hey, you know what? That's different. <laughs> it wasn't a five-day hangover. I'm pretty sure I had some kind of sickness. Maybe I had mono. That means we can't Maybe be you were our- just really bored. <laughs> Well, if I have mono, that means we have to forego our usual after-show kiss, so... Oh, God damn it. Uh, you know, next time. So, that's it for horror business. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so, we'll move on f- from here. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to say, so I was <laughs> just trying to f- force it. Us go talky now. Movie... Reviews? All right, so on to reviews. Um, Man, we got (laughs) to... 
couple movies for you. Wow. That's, that's, yeah, that's what, that's one way to put it. Okay. Not that it fucking matters, but which one do you want to start with? Let's get model hunger out of the way. Okay. That little old lady, Jenny, the one who lives next door, the one you think works with Satan. The search for Melissa Wallace and Catherine McGovern continues on. Well, why don't you girls come on inside and we can discuss what you have to offer me. Your turn, honey pie. So, Model Hunger is the directorial debut of Scream Queen Debbie Rashone. Yeah, and I didn't know that until after I watched it. Oh, really? Yeah. That was the whole reason I picked it. Oh, I was wondering. I'm sitting there watching this fucking thing, and I'm thinking, why did Taylor do this? <laughs> well, and plus, I mean, it has Lynn Lowry in it, and it has Tiffany Sheppas in it. Sure. And some fat guy that won't stop eating. Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> So that almost made me turn it off. I, as it. as soon as this movie started, like immediately, first scene, the first thing that popped in my head was, "Why does it look like that?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe they should have, like, as good as the score is, it's by Harry Manfredini. I was gonna say maybe they should have not hired Harry Manfredini and rented a red. <laughs> Because this movie looks like it was shot on an iPhone 4. <laughs> like, not even the good one. It's like, you know, in in researching for our our shorts, you know, it's, it's, it's important to me to have good quality. I mean, as much as we can muster making essentially free or, you know, zero budget, like literally zero budget short films getting the best quality out of it we can. Yeah. And so I'm looking and look at like what kind of cameras to use, what kind of editing to use. But the most important thing I saw was frame rate. And like, it's, I think most commonly, um, films are done at like 32 frames per second or something like that. And so when you get something that's too high def, that's what you get. So it was actually, the camera was too high def to get a good cinematic look. That's the problem. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'll take your word for it because I don't fucking believe you. <laughs> okay. Wait, you'll take my word for it because you don't believe me? Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't prove you wrong. That's, I guess I'll put it that way. Um, but yeah, our, our films look better than this. Uh, so this is a story of Ginny, played by Lynn Lowry. So good, right? So good. Uh that's, that kid's my favorite. The toothless kid from Stranger Things. God, how fucking cool is Vinny's? Vinny's. It's in Brooklyn. 
It's Vinny's, never, it's Vinny's Pizzeria in Brooklyn. I've never been there. Oh, it's so good. I didn't go to Brooklyn. It's like the best pizza. Well, actually, we accidentally went to Brooklyn. <laughs> we got on the wrong train. <laughs> it's the best pizza in New York, and and they have cool shit on the on the board all the time. Okay. Anyways, fucking, <laughs> let's talk about Vinny's. I don't care about this movie. I got fucking mac and cheese pizza. How good is that? Wow. Yeah. That sounds intense. It's awesome. Uh, anyways, back to this fucking movie. Uh, it's the story of Ginny, played by Lynn Lowry, who uh, is a, a this little old lady who used to be a model. I'm getting uh, bored all over again. <laughs> uh, until she got too old I guess and started getting replaced by these younger well, cause she was, more it, attractive models she was more full figured and it was at a time when they were started wanting more of the anorexic look but she wasn't the chick who played a young Ginny was not fat by any means no but she was still very fit like I said but back in like the mid to late 60s early 70s that was what modeling was and still kind of is a little bit just the real thin anorexic look. Yeah. So chicks with tits and ass. I mean, uh, how about that photographer though, with the giant fucking herp on his was mouth? That fucking shit. <laughs> that fucking guy rubbing his dick while he's taking pictures of these chicks. Yeah. And then he's like trying while he's telling her that she's not good enough to be on the cover anymore. He's trying to like rub her legs and stuff. And she's got these like, very horrible shave bumps. Yeah, that was... <laughs> Which I, I was... In between watching it and some of the reviews that I've read, which I usually don't do, but I did for this, but which I'll get to later. But um, okay. I'm trying to figure out if those were, like, intentional? I doubt it. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, fuck. Uh, so now she takes, takes out her frustrations on all these young attractive girls when she kills them and eats them because of course that's the next logical step sure uh her new neighbors tiffany Sheppis and the fat guy from borat <laughs> it's not really him, <laughs> it's but not it, looks, him but... it looks like him snyder from always sunny <laughs> um who how did he land tiffany Sheppis? i don't fucking know like I, I thought like he was uh like a brother or something at first. Like a pervy uncle. Something. But then yeah, started picking up that it was her husband. I'm like, what? His name is Sal. Yeah. Big fat Sal. Yeah. Big fat sweaty Sal. Doesn't stop eating and eats like directly into the boom microphone, apparently. <laughs> God damn it. That made me almost turn the well. There were several things in this. That it took made me, me turn three off. days to get through this movie. It took me two. <laughs> Uh, but she's clinically depressed right. because she's married to this big fat yeah, fucking slob of a guy. What is her deal? Why she's clinically depressed just because she has nightmares, night terrors. <laughs> I guess that's part of it. I mean, clearly she was abused as a child. They touch on that very, very briefly. Yeah. That's the thing about this fucking movie. None of it comes together. There's all this shit floating out there, and you're like, okay, I mean, just because somebody wrote this, and this was like probably some kind of passion project for them, eventually this is all going to come together, and it never fucking does. <laughs> My biggest 
of of many problems with this movie is that it doesn't know what it wants to be. Yeah. At times it's this over the top like trauma esque style just splatstick horror movie. Well yeah, you got Tiffany Shepis and David Rashawn Yeah. Directing, so But other times it's like this straight laced like gritty horror. Yeah. And it's like you can't be both those things. You can be a horror comedy, but that doesn't seem like what they're going for. No. Like, it seems like they didn't know what they were going for. It seemed like all the comedy in this was pretty unintentional. Yeah. And it wasn't f- funny. It was sad. But then you've got this fucking Susie's Secret TV show, which what? doesn't make any sense at any point. It's in no way relevant to the story, but it's everywhere. Everyone in this town watches this fucking show for whatever reason. It's a shopping show about, uh, like, is it a shopping show? She talks several times about her like new line of bathing yeah, suits, but you or, never see anything. Well, her her model is this big fat uh, drag queen, drag queen, uh, a big fat, big, fat drag, drag queen. queen, yeah, um, with like tons of makeup on. Looks like probably like cartoonish in his, in his makeup. Fifties, yeah. And like Tony was saying earlier, he dances around and just eats food out of the garbage. I didn't say that. Well, no, I'm saying you said he danced around, but I don't think I said that either. You said something about the big fat model dancing around. I think I just said that. Never mind. Doesn't matter. This is all happening. <laughs> These are things that have happened yeah. in this film. And uh it's supposed to be like empowering for these, you know, uh, heavy set women, these big, beautiful women. And, you know, they can wear this sexy underwear and sexy bathing suits. And that's the whole point of it. But the irony of it is that Susie is played by a skinny bitch in a fat suit. Yeah. It's not even a good fat suit. It no. looks like she's wearing like, like, like one of those inflatable sumo costumes or something. Not even that. It looks like she's got her clothes stuffed with pillows or something. And a bad wig. Oh, man, so bad. And it's like, if you're going to make this plot point about empowering women and, uh, you know, body pride, maybe cast a plus-size woman. And you know what? Like, I mean, I'm not a woman, so I can't be terribly offended. But, like, this, you're talking about empowerment, but empowerment strictly of plus-size women and, you know, saying that those are real women. It's like... You know, that that was a, a frame of mind that I had when I was in, like, high school. So I was, was kind of into, like, you know, uh, you know, bigger chicks. But mainly, you know, chicks with a good shape to them. And it's like, oh, yeah, those are real women. And I felt like, you know, such a, a feminist thinking like that. But, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, real women come in every shape and size. Women, Real <laughs> women are women that are proud of their bodies no matter what it looks like. Yeah. But this is, like, really perpetuating that thing basically that anti-skinny movement where real women are the ones that are big, you know? Yeah. And it's just, that's not how things work. Which, again, ties into Ginny's line of thinking. Sure, yeah. Where she is, you know, murdering all these cheerleaders and models and all this. And then at the same time, also, uh, men, who, because they perpetuate this in her mind. Yeah, and it really seemed like all the men in this fucked up little town were like lusting after this big fat drag queen yeah I mean you did have the the super old Ben Kingsley looking guy who was 
jerking off to her. That guy was creepy as hell. He was. I thought he was in like haunt my dreams. And then you had like the one cop with the super thick fucking Boston accent, dude. (laughs) And he he was the only one who was watching it was like, what the fuck is this? And he was also the worst actor in the movie. He was so bad. <laughs> um, and then hold on. Yeah. Like there's one point in the movie where like every character you've seen in this movie is watching this weird fucking show. Yeah. Uh, including the two cops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, like the old ones sitting there just like, what the fuck? But the other one is a young guy, you know, probably late 20s, early 30s, something like that. He's laying in bed. With no pants on, so you just... Oh, that was him? Yeah. I was wondering why they, what, what was with the dude with no pants. Yeah, he's just staring at his oh, bare ass. feeding yogurt to his wife or girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, seriously, dude, I almost didn't make it through this. Like, I almost gave up on it <laughs> more times than I could even remember. Um. Yeah. And then, like... Ginny, the way she talks, at least in her inner monologue, is just filthy. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely vulgar. And I mean, like to the point where it's like no one fucking talks like that. Yeah. No one thinks like that. Where she's just like, I bet that you spread your fucking legs and you let guys put their big throbbing purple dicks in your tight little p- vagina. And it's like, what? Why is this happening? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not embellishing. Like that's that's not a direct quote, but that's that's the kind of shit she says. Yeah, and then like on the outside, she's like being this sweet little Southern belle, you know, old lady. And yeah, and what, I, mean, I don't know why she had a Southern accent. Yeah, this took place in New York. Did it take place in New York? Yeah, I couldn't tell because I know Fish Fishkill, New York. Fishkill. Fishkill. Yeah. Okay. It's a real place. Is it a real place? Yeah, okay. it's in like uh, Southeast New York. Got it. Yeah, because I knew that Shepis and her husband had just come from the city apparently or at least that's what i gathered well yeah because she said he said something about this is home now and and uh she was like home is new york yeah so uh and then uh lynn lowry she or Ginny, she um she she she's into like kidnapping people or like women and tying them up and then, you know, cutting pieces off of them. Yeah. And then eating them. Um, There's a scene where you see Lynn Lowry eat some pussy. Right. But, you know. By the way, Lynn Lowry, thanks for following us on Twitter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I guess I just don't know why this movie happened. Here's, here's the thing that really gets me. People love this movie. What? Dread Central, rave review. Uh, fuck, there was another site that I can't remember now. Fucking like awesome review. And I don't know if they're just like kissing ass to Debbie Rochon or what, but I don't fucking get it. Me neither. What is there to like? I see very little that's redeemable about this movie. Um, like it, it looks, the, the direction isn't bad, but it looks like a first-time director. Yeah, there's she like, more or less is. She, yeah, she absolutely. It's her for her first movie. She directed like one TV show, yeah, one yeah. episode of a TV show. Um, like there's too many like extreme close-ups when there's people talking. 
Mm-hmm. It's like right in this person's face. Then the person talks to us right in their face. It's very amateurish. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know why people seem to think this is so good. Um, you know, we're not the types who will just automatically dismiss something because it's a low budget movie. We, we can usually look past that if there's a good story and good acting. Yeah. We've watched some real shit. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I mean, you know, we've watched some low budget movies that we appreciated. Yeah. But this movie doesn't rise above its budget. No, it's, it, it's, it's a bad story. It's poorly constructed and it like the, the, this, I mean, the cinematography is bad. Um, and the the overall direction's bad. I mean, all that shit that falls on the director. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I mean, you you can see flashes of what she's capable of. Obviously, she knows horror. She's been in horror for ever. Mm-hmm. So she she knows the horror genre, and there are times where she like she hits it. Yeah. But then there are other times where it's just like, no, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And this, this is, it's either distracting or it's, you know, something about it is just off. Yeah. Um, for being a low budget, some of the gore scenes are pretty good. Not bad. I mean, that's probably where most of the budget went. <laughs> yeah. Um, plus, you know, Lynn Lowry, Tiffany Shepis, and Harry Manfredini. Sure. Harry Manfredini, that's, I can't wrap my mind around that one. I, I saw that in the credits and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> really? I mean, this is the guy that like scored Friday the Thirteenth. Like, he's no slouch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like Lynn Lynn Lowry is good in it, although she is over the top. But I feel like that's like she's supposed to be. Like yeah. they want her to be this like trauma esque over the top, but again, it doesn't fit with this movie. Sure. Yeah. I... And Tiffany Shepis was good. She her character didn't make a lot of sense. No, I don't. I don't know why she had to be in it. I don't know her and Sal. I don't, who is the protagonist in this movie? Uh, is there one? I mean, I guess maybe Shepis, but but I don't care. No, at no point does she make me root for her. She's barely in it. Yeah, like you put if you put all of her scenes back to back, it's probably less than ten minutes. If I'm guessing. <sighs> I don't get it. Yeah, this was not good in any way. No. I mean, like you said, like the gore for being low budget was passable. But other and, than and that, the scenes do amp up. I'll give it that. Um, you know, a lot of times movies, if the kill scenes are all just like equal, it's like, okay, we're not building anything here. We're just repeating the same shit. At least things kind of ramp up. Mm-hmm. Uh the end was stupid. Yeah, the end. It was, oh my! Like, you know, when when you when you make something, uh, when you when you make a film, you want the end to really just like really, even if the rest of it sucks, you want the end to just really hit you. Yeah, this one didn't at all. <laughs> there was no. like there was like nothing to it, and then it was over. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I've noticed about the the positive reviews that I've read don't mention Susie's Secret at all. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which it's like it's it's not really a major plot point, but it's something that's very prevalent in the movie. Yeah, and it's probably the dumbest part of it. Yeah. So I don't know. I like yeah, like 
like like I said, this took me two days to get through. I watched probably about half of it. Um, it's like I I was watching it on my my computer and um, I turned it off about halfway through. I just okay, and then I went to my wife. I'm like, I don't know if I can finish that, like ever. <laughs> Um, but then, yeah, I went back to it the next day and I, th- because when I was watching it, I was tired, like ready to fall asleep. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I thought, you know, maybe once I am not ready to pass out, maybe it'll be a little better. And, and it wasn't, <laughs> it was just, it was so bad. This might be, like I said, I saw. I saw Debbie Rashon, I saw Tiffany Shepis, I saw Lynn Lowry. I was like, okay, this this has got some people with chops in it. Yeah. And you know, sure, yeah, they all made their bones in independent, low budget horror. Yeah, they were like definitely sh- schlock people. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you're gonna go schlock, then go full schlock. Yeah, like that. When I saw, um, when when I when I realized that Debbie Rashon had direct this, directed this, and you know the fact that. Um, you know, Tiffany Shepis was in it. They're both trauma girls. I'm thinking, why didn't they just go full trauma with this? Yeah. Go just fucking off the it's, wall. Like, like I said at the beginning, this movie doesn't seem to know what it wants to be. Yeah. And also, I think um, if they would have just gone absolutely fucking ridiculous with it instead of attempting to maintain some kind of um, seriousness, maybe it's the right word, but I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. If they, just go fucking insane with it. Have it make absolutely zero sense and make it so people know that you're not even trying to make sense. Yeah. Like a trauma film. And then maybe it would have had something because it would have been so fucking bonkers that it would have been funny. Right. But, I mean, like I said earlier, it, this it had funny parts to it. I mean, they're not like laugh out loud knee slappers or anything, but... Things that came across funny, but I don't think they're supposed to be. It's like, imagine watching like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then at one point, Leatherface pulls out a giant mallet and just smashes someone's head flat. Like you'd be watching, you'd be going, what the fuck? Where did that come from? Yeah. Why is there a fucking Wiley Coyote moment in my horror movie? (laughs) That's what this was like. You'd have these moments that are just... They're over the top, but then the rest of the movie is so straight-laced that you're like, no, that doesn't fit. Why... I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's not the worst movie we watched, though. It's up there. It's up there, but I, I still don't think... It's it's not as bad as Leprechaun Origins. It's not as bad as Thanksgiving 3. Mm. Six Degrees of Hell? Uh, it's up there. It's close to Six Degrees of Hell. What, what would you say is the worst one we've watched? Thanksgiving 3. Okay, <laughs> I could I could get with that. Um, so I'm prepared to be very harsh with this one. I'm willing to give it a two. I am not. I am giving this a one all the way, and I'm not even going to reconsider it. Um, and I'm giving it a two just like almost exclusively because of Lynn Lowry. Okay. <laughs> Because as over the top as she is, she basically carries this movie. Um, yeah. 
team. Oh, and Voltaire plays plays the the fucking mechanic, right? Who I sent you the song. I and I. It's funny because I had just like I was looking for a, a song for the show, mm-hmm. and I came across a song of his, and I was like, "This is fucking catchy. I like this." <laughs> and I started listening to more of his stuff, and then um, I didn't even recognize him, but. On Google Play, when you pause a movie, it pops up and tells you who's on screen. Mm. And so I just happened to pause at a scene that he was on, and it was like Arulio, I think is his first name, uh, Voltaire. And I was like, oh, it's that (laughs) fucking guy. (laughs) You know, I'd heard of Voltaire before, but I'd never listened to him. And like, based on the people I knew that listened to Voltaire, like, I never would have guessed that's what he sounded like. Well, there's also like a composer named Voltaire. I don't think that's it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, to me, Shepis was the only one that seemed like she was even trying. Um, yeah, I don't, this had nothing to offer <laughs> whatsoever. Everything about this was bad. Like the plot was, the, the plot was, had no, the plot made no fucking sense. Um, and every every actor in this not named Lynn Lowry or Tiffany Shepis was bad. Yes. Um. Yeah. And like the cheerleaders at the beginning, when she she's taking the one chick and she's talking about how could any man love you with you got this and this and this, and then she's like and fake breasts. And I'm like, isn't this girl in high school? Yeah. <laughs> And then, am I wrong, or did she just squeeze her tit till it bled? Did she? I thought she, like, cut it off or something. I couldn't tell, because it was really dark in that it scene. It was really dark. But it looked like she was just, like, squeezing the titty, and then just blood started coming out, like, instead of milk. <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you bleed a boo. I don't think it is. <laughs> but I'm not a doctor. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, this is garbage. I... Like seriously, recommend that you don't watch this. Yeah, even though I'm I'm willing to give it a two, I'm I'm also saying avoid this. Yeah. All right. So next up is a movie that it's actually been out a couple of years, I think. Um, a British film called Nina Forever. You can move on if you want to. What made you talk to me? Has he mentioned her yet? Dead girlfriend. God, not again. Who is this? My dead girlfriend. How's things going with your sexy suicidal guy? You don't want me to take your place, but I want you. You're gonna be okay.
All right, so Nina Forever, um, it's a story about Rob, mostly. Um, he's a guy who, I believe he just, re- he tried to kill himself by purposely getting in an accident on his motorcycle. And so he basically right off the bat know that he's got some kind of clinical depression about him. And, you know, when you watch a movie, you kind of know a little bit about it already. You know that his ex-girlfriend, well, unintentional ex-girlfriend, um, Nina, recently died. I don't think it's clear right off the bat how she died. I think you kind of s- discover that it was a car accident. Yeah. Um, but Rob, he is just like clinically depressed, like every I mean, suicidal. Um, and you know, he's, he's working at, a, a grocery store and he meets a girl named Holly. And you know, this guy's like about our age, like early thirties and she's 19. Mm-hmm. So it's a little weird. A little bit. It's still a little strange, but you know, they get on pretty well. Um, you know, she's really interested in him, but he's a little standoffish just because of what he's been through. Um, but she kind of starts to get under his skin and they start seeing each other. Um, I said a bang, 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 bang. But once they start to get under the sheets, so to speak, a bang, bang, bang. Um, something strange happens and Nina sort of sprouts from the bed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Emerges. Yeah. And she, she like from seemingly within the mattress, she bleeds out of the bed. Yeah. Like this puddle of blood appears and then she just kind of grows out of and it. She just is. Yeah. Um, and basically she's a corpse basically. I mean, she's not rotted, but she's pale. She's, She's all messed up. Yeah, she looks like she came right, f- like, directly from whatever car accident she was in. Uh, and, you know, every time she moves, it's like something, like, kind of a slimy, almost crunchy type sound. Um, so, I mean, you know, clearly she has, like, broken bones and shit. Um, I mean, she's got some compound fractures, like, on her arms. Um, and still bleeding. And still bleeding, yeah. And everything she touches, it's coated in blood, which is kind of one of the funny parts about this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so she she appears, and naturally they're freaked the fuck out, but they take it surprisingly well. <laughs> he like the the first time I wasn't sure if he knew that it was going to happen because his reaction almost seemed like he expected it. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, she didn't seem... Holly didn't seem anywhere near weirded out enough. She's She kind of had the same reaction you would have if someone's ex-girlfriend walked in on you. Right. Fully alive. Yeah, <laughs> and just kind of laid down in the bed next to you. Uh, naked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weird stuff. And so basically... Weird, wild weird, stuff. Weird, wild stuff. Um, this happens every time they try to have sex. And it seems like progressively throughout the movie, it starts to happen every time they think about Nina. Um, and they 
they try different things uh, throughout the movie. They tried um, in order to kind of relieve Rob of his connection to Nina because they think that's what's causing her to appear is that he's still hung up on her. Uh, but nothing seems to work. Well, first, the, the first thing they try is having a threesome with her. Right. And she's not into it. <laughs> no. She's like, I can't feel anything. Yeah. <laughs> As Holly's trying to, like, flick her bean. Right. <laughs> she's like, I'm dead. Uh, this is not working for me. Um, yeah, I mean, they try to, like... Uh, do like good couples things together. They try to, you know, go on kind of a getaway just to try and forget about everything and just be them together. And that doesn't seem to work, but every time they fuck, like it, it doesn't matter where they are. Like it, my initial thought was, cause the first time it happens, the, the first couple times it happened, they're in bed. And so I'm thinking, yeah, at Rob's place, right. Which is where he lived with Nina. Right. Right. Um, and I'm thinking, why did they try doing it somewhere not that's not the bed? Because if she can't sprout from the bed, then she'd be good. That's that doesn't work. She basically appears wherever they do, wherever they're doing it. Yeah, uh, including on top of Nina's grave at one point. That was fucked up. That was fucked up. <laughs> if I was Nina, I'd be a little more f- pissed off than she was. I guess she's like appears on the top of the grave, and she's like, "It's quite rude, don't you think?" Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah. And so, I mean, so that's the movie. I mean, that's the basic premise. Yeah. Um, so what'd you think? Uh, this is a drier, much more British version of burying the X. Yes, exactly. I was telling, you know, I, uh, cause my dad, uh, was supposed to co-host this, um, so I told him to watch it and we were talking about it the next day because I saw him later that afternoon. I don't, I don't know why he had to be done by noon, but I saw him later that day. Um, and he was saying that it was boring, which I don't know. I go as far to say boring, but you, it's dry. It's very dry. Um, it's very British. When I saw it and I read, read the description and I kind of, I think it, I think I may have even seen a trailer, but the way it was presented to me in my head, I saw a horror, like a romantic horror comedy. Yeah. And that's not what this was at all. Yeah. This was very dry, very serious for the most part. It had lighter, lighter. I mean, most of the comedy comes from Nina, who is just this like super sarcastic, very wry, kind of a bitch. She's bitchy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I got the impression that's how she was. And that's kind of why Rob resents her to an extent. But you're right. Um, this is definitely very similar to um, Bearing the X, and that's what I was telling my dad. He'd never heard of that, apparently. You know, I, in like reading about this, I saw a couple um, comparisons to Burying the X, and they they said that Burying the X was very misogynistic. Um, I, I could see that. I, mean, I guess I get like the, the clingy girlfriend trope thing, but... I don't know. I just didn't. Yeah, I mean, like you could see, like Alexander Daddario's character, his name I can't remember, um, basically trying so hard to get Anton Yelchin, even though he's got this clingy 
dead ex-girlfriend. Whereas, you know, most in, empowered women would say, okay, not dealing with this. Yeah, I suppose. So, I mean, but I mean, that's, yeah, one, one of these. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I was telling my dad, it's like the, what I was expecting was more like burying the ex or comedy. Um, <laughs> he's like, burying the ex, I don't know that one. I'm like, really? It's got Anton Yelchin, Alexander Dario, Ashley Green, directed by Joe Dante. Oh, really? <laughs> like, yeah, dude, come on. Yeah, like Bearing the X is very bright, very colorful, almost looks like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. This is not. This is much darker. It's very British. Very British. <laughs> very, like I said, very dry, as as their humor tends to be. Yeah. Um, and you say it's darker. It's literally darker. Yeah, I, I don't mean tonally. I mean, like... Well, it's tonally, too. It is tonally, too, yeah. <laughs> but also, like, the colors and the uh, just the, the setting and ambiance yeah. of it. Yeah, unless zombie is more just, more just a dead corp, person. Okay. Yeah, just, which I guess is a zombie. Fight. I don't know. That's semantics. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like the funniest part about this is the fact that every time she appears, like I said, she leaves blood stains every fucking where. Yeah. So they're constantly like flipping the mattresses or like mattresses where they they sleep and changing sheets, like, throwing sheets away. They probably go through like several hundred pounds of sheets. Not, not like weight pounds like currency currency thank you um quid yeah (laughs) yeah like they because even there's a part where holly moves in Mm -hmm. and uh nina is telling her you know do you really think you can live in my house and all the stuff that's going to remind him of me and she's you know taking down the pictures and she's painting the walls and she's doing all this stuff just to make it seem like a new house i'm like fucking move yeah I mean, that's when they have their their getaway. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out that it's not exclusive to to his bed. Yeah, or even his house. Right. Yeah. Shit's. I mean, it's it's literally everywhere. Anywhere that they try to be intimate, um, she appears. And like I said, even it gets to a point where even when they're not being intimate and they're just thinking about her, she appears. Even if they're not together, there's times where she's just talking to Holly mm-hmm. when she's, she's sitting naked on the chair yeah sit backwards and then she stands up and there's just like all the blood on the chair it's like Ugh. yeah there's just a big wet blood butt print on it yeah <laughs> that's the other thing she's always naked yeah for some reason yeah I mean she looks like she just like I said just came from a car crash but she's naked yeah so I mean whatever and she also makes fun of Holly for being so young a lot. And she tells her, like, naked, you could pass for 16. And I'm like, her tits are bigger than yours. Yeah. That was, that was, one, that was the one complimentary thing my dad said about the movie, is that Holly had a fucking banging body. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. It's That's a fact. She's kind of a creepy looking gal, though. She's different looking. She's got very dark eyes. Like he, My dad said she's got kind of a Mila Kunis look to her. Like just dark eyes and kind of yeah. very, very um, tragic, not tragic, but um, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Um, Mouth is almost too big for her face. Little. A tad. A tad. Um, but yeah. So that was the only good thing you had to say about it? Pretty much. Huh. 
Um, I kind of liked it. It was okay. It was definitely not what I was expecting. Um, like I mean, I was I was I went into this expecting a horror comedy, and I didn't get that at all. Mm-hmm. This was very dramatic, um, and tragic with horror elements. Yeah. Um, and so I mean, like even calling this a horror movie was is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, like there's no, there's no body count. No. There's not really any gore aside from just the the blood that appears every time Nina appears, but there is a lot of it. There's a lot of blood. And I like how long it took them to think of getting red sheets. I know. Well, Nina suggested that at one point. Did she? she? Yeah, she says, I don't know why you, don't, why you keep getting, what, light-colored sheets or something? Oh. <laughs> or I don't know why you keep getting white or something like to that effect. Um, <laughs> he goes to the laundromat. And like the kid's just staring at him as he's thinking about putting his horribly bloodstained sheets in the washing machine. Yeah, he just throws them in the garbage. Yeah, I just thought of American Psycho. Yeah, it's, like it's cranberry juice, cran apple. Um. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I kept thinking, like, why does he keep throwing them away instead of just washing them? But then I remembered, yeah, well, he he tried to wash them once. <laughs> yeah, maybe he should invest in a washing machine. Maybe might be cheaper than buying sheets. Every day, or, you know, moving to one that has one, yeah, or something. Um, I did get like pretty bored at times, and that made it hard to watch. At you know, because it's uh, I mean, it's not super long. I guess it's probably maybe a little longer than average. I think. Am I right about that? I want to say it was around ni- like just over ninety minutes, like ninety four, ninety five, something okay. like that. Um. But it, it seems so long because it, it did get kind of it kind of dragged at points. It, it got very repetitive. Yeah, you know it's like uh, a lot of back and forth with Rob and Holly, and you Holly know, and Nina, and Holly and Nina. But I mean, like with uh, Rob and Holly, it was like Holly saying, "Oh, I can't do this," but I love you. Right. <laughs> it's like that that back and forth. She even like leaves, like they break up, and then yeah. she just like randomly appears one night. Right. It's like, and they can't seem to figure out what she wants. Like they seem to think that if if they do whatever, she'll she'll go away. And initially, it's what you know. What does she want? What what will help her cross over to the other side or whatever? Mm-hmm. And so that's like when they try to have a threesome with her, and like Holly gets a tattoo of her name. Right. Yeah. Rob has a tattoo on his back that says Nina forever, and there's a story behind that. And yeah, Holly gets the same thing trying to honor Nina in a way. Yeah, because they think that maybe she thinks that she's worried that she'll be forgotten right? if if Rob moves on. Yeah, and then Rob also has this very strange relationship with Nina's parents. Yeah. Which seems kind of um, codependent. But, like, I think they're both like, he and her parents are coming, they're looking at it from different angles and like assuming the wrong things of each party. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Rob just got a very weird life and like, he's trying to rebuild and then he just has his dead ex-girlfriend yeah. popping up. And like, there's part like the first time he takes Holly to meet Nina's parents. And like, they mentioned that he has this PhD in math mm-hmm. and she gets really mad about that. 
she's like, why didn't I know about this? And it's like, it's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> well, I think she got upset that she just, she suddenly realized she didn't really know all that much about him, period. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it was this underlying thing, but it was just the, the argument they had was so stupid. Yeah. But it's, it's like a 19-year-old girl argument. True. Good point. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny, you know, being our age, we can look back on our time with 19-year-old girls, you know, that that point in our lives and just realize, yeah. Yeah, last was summer some... was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but just realized, you know, man, that was some dumb shit that I put up with. <laughs> to get laid. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, and then there's kind of a sort of a twist ending a little bit. I honestly don't remember how it ended. I'll tell you later. But um, but I remember the parts leading up to the end were really weird. Yeah. Um, the movie starts out with with Holly breaking up with her current boyfriend, and him telling her that she's she's boring basically. Yeah, And so there's kind of this underlying theme throughout the movie of Holly trying to show that she can be dark and she can be tougher than people think that she is. Mm-hmm. And that comes into play at the end in a really weird way. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, you know, I kind of went into this just with the initial mindset that this was kind of shit. But now that we talked through it, I think I'm. I think I actually liked it more than I thought I did. I wasn't. I went over the moon about it. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. That's the way I felt initially, and how I still feel. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, uh, unless you've got something else to, or anything else to say about it, I, I, sw- I swear this like just recently came out on DVD in the states or or something. Something recently happened with this movie. I swear. Yeah, you you told me that before when uh, I think when I put it on the calendar, maybe I said that, or maybe it was last episode. It was last episode, yeah. I was like, I don't think so. Pretty sure it's been out a while. Oh, this movie is ninety eight minutes. Ninety eight, okay. So yeah, about average then. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't find anything on here, but yeah, I thought it was good. It was a. Uh, very similar story to burying the ex, but in a in a completely different way. Yeah. Um, it was much less forgiving than burying the ex. Yeah, and it. I mean, it, it's also a lot deeper. I feel like because um, yeah. it, it goes into a lot of things about like depression and uh, you know losing a loved one and the the, the feelings associated with that, and but uh, also in being involved with somebody like that. Yeah, and that that was something that I kind of pondered on and actually didn't even occur to me till like a day later and I mean, it kind of reveals the ending a little bit so I'll talk to you about it when we're off mic but um, yeah definitely definitely some deeper things going on yeah a lot of, a lot of uh, dealing with loss mm-hmm. um, yeah so I mean anything else to add uh, no if if uh Fuck, what movie? Oh, when we were talking about, uh, God damn, Neon Demon, um, that piece of shit. <laughs> when we were talking about the, the girls bathing together covered in blood. Yeah. 
and we were talking about how that's not really our thing but you know some people it is sure you know if that's your thing you're gonna fucking love this hey if you like bloody chicks then you know, by all means yeah because there's like scenes where nina's grabbing holly's tits from underneath the bed and just smearing blood <laughs> within the bed <laughs> yeah just smearing like bloody handprints all over her tits and stuff and it's mm-hmm. just like that's creepy <laughs> But, I mean, if you're into that, then fucking get hard. Right. <laughs> okay, so, and with, with that, I guess we'll do ratings. You go first. Um, I'm, I'm thinking six, but I'm trying to decide if I actually liked it that much. But, I mean, I guess it was a little better than Okay. Considering you said you came into this thinking it was shit, I would. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, I know, but it's like I guess I just needed to talk talk it out with someone. <laughs> I mean, go with your gut. All right, I'll give it a six. Fuck it. <laughs> okay. I, I was floating around five or six, but you know, five is kind of like the baseline for us. Yeah. Rather than where, you know, like one or zero might be with other people. Five is like that mid, like mid ground for us. So I felt like it's, it was a little better than that. So I enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to give it a six as well. Okay. I liked it. I thought I did. And I, you know, got some, some genuine chuckles out of, out of Nina's smart ass attitude. Yeah. Smarminess. Um, Okay. Well, that, that'll do it then. That will do it. Uh, and I guess that wraps things up for us here on episode 67. Um, catch us again in a couple weeks. What are we going to be watching? Uh, we're going to be watching Blackburn and The Mind's Eye. Okay. Um, Latest from Joe Bigos. All right. And uh, until then, go check us out on our website uh, and all the other places. That- Greatplotpodcast.com. Uh, subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating. Check us out at patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast and follow us on your favorite social networks. Yeah, and make sure you go read, uh, like we talked about it last episode, we started kind of a, a, a blog element mm-hmm. on our website. So there's some things you can go check out, uh, be it news stories or reviews of uh, you know, TV shows or books or any movies that we were not doing on the show. Uh, all that stuff will be located there. So yeah. Um, check us out there and in the meantime i am skeletoni i am taylor of terror this has been the grave plot podcast where we're all a little dead inside <laughs>